Hello and welcome to the DM's Guide to Rhyme of the Frostmaiden. I'm your host, Greggy Hochstetler. And you can find me on Twitter at the Greggiest or send me an email at thegreggiest at protonmail.com. Uh, and you can catch my DD stream every Sunday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash powerwarriors, all one word with a Z at the end. Uh, every week I talk about my previous week's session, answer questions that I get from listeners, and I talk about what's coming up next and what I'm doing to prep it, the weeks to come. Uh, so this last week, uh, I, I had a, a very nice conversation with uh, John on Twitter. Uh, that is at MWC underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, we had a great conversation about uh, his using the the, uh, the podcast and, and enjoying it. And that was great. And he also uh, was really excited about the secrets uh, aspect of the Rhyme of the Frost Maiden book, uh, which I agree with completely. Like, the secrets are one of the best added parts of this book beyond you know the adventures and uh the the towns and npcs new magical items things like that the secrets are a really cool component to this book that i've really enjoyed and the cool thing is you know you can use that to expand the book itself i mean uh the the secrets that your your players have come up with um obviously the a really big one is that that pirate Oh, by the way, let me just say, uh, this week there is no spoiler-free section, so um, if my players are, are tuned in, t- tune off, turn it off, you're not allowed to listen. Uh, but the, the pirate cannibal uh, secret is about to come into play pretty strongly in my game, because one of my players does have that, and uh, they've, they've heard the rumor of the Dark Duchess, and will be uh, inspecting it very soon. I think I'm going to need to expand that a little bit, maybe bring the ghost of the um, pirate captain into play there in, in the hold of the, the ship. So they took the uh, pirate cannibal secret and the elusive paramour secret. Uh, so a wealthy passion, Kalimshan, has placed a bounty on his head, on yeah, the character's head, for seducing his favorite co- concubine. Um, so bounty hunters may be scouring the sword coast. But yeah, I think I, I will put like the bounty poster maybe of selkie in the captain's chest there and and you know make it so that he it was always in the back of his mind uh, that if he ever wanted to he could uh, kill selkie and collect the bounty on his head he knew about it the whole time that could be very interesting for the party so yeah i'm gonna expand that a, bit, a little bit maybe put the ghost in the in the ship and make, make him fight it I don't understand why they they say, I think even in the description it says that Captain is still watches over his riches, but the there's no ghost anywhere, there's no, you, you know, the, the, the cabin should be haunted, I don't understand why there's not a, I guess maybe they're, they're thinking because you're going to be fighting that troll maybe or whatever, that's going to be a difficult fight, but I just don't get it, I don't understand why they would do that, so let's look at what would be a good... So they've got to fight an ice troll, so that's one thing. So I'm not going to make it a deadly encounter, but we need some kind of a ghost. Oh, my players are level 4, so let's look at what old Xanathar's guide says should be. Because I don't know any of this stuff offhand, folks. Uh, I've got to look all of this up every time. Uh, so encounter building, let's see. They're level 4, and I've got 5 to 6 of them. So we want a challenge rating of 5 or 6. So now let's look at our uh, bestiary. 
Um, let's see. Be scary. Sort by challenge rating. What is that ice troll? Let's look that up too. You're so lucky that I've uh, <laughs> I've edited out all the ums and uhs and hmm. Let's see. Well, I will I decide on this. So the the ice troll is a challenge rating of eight. So that's a very difficult battle. And then there's Avarice as well. So yes, we're gonna go with a five for sure. And let's see what we can do for a five. Um, we want an undead. Could be a greater zombie, that would be fine. A revenant, maybe? Shadow gas, that's interesting. A wraith? Could definitely be a wraith, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, and then we start getting into the sixes, so let's see. Greater zombie, I don't like that as much. I don't like uh, it being an actual corpse that's shambling around because I want it to be able to maybe talk to Selkie a little bit, right? So maybe not that one. What is a revenant? A revenant, a revenant forms from the soul of mortal who met in a cruel and undeserving fate seek revenge against the one who wronged it so maybe it just wants revenge on the frost or the it could be a revenant that's possible how about a shadow gas looks like shadow gas is an undead assassin leaping from the shadows now that's not right for a pirate captain what a wraith a wraith is malice incarnate can't concentrated in a corporeal form seeks to quench all life when a mortal humanoid lives a debased life or enters into a fiendish pact consigns its soul to eternal damnation in the lower planes. No, I don't think a wraith is correct, because there's no undead commander or anything like that. To... So I think Revenant is where we're going to go, and we'll maybe not look too closely at the part where it says that it wants revenge. I mean, it wants revenge from being trapped in the ice or whatever, that's what we'll say. So the pirate captain is still in its chamber as a Revenant, and uh, we'll try and protect its treasure chest uh, within which you can find his sweetberry summer wine his journal and the 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 bounty reward uh, or the bounty poster uh, for Selkie from the the uh, from Callum Shan okay anyway so uh, that's how I'm going to use uh, one of the secrets from one of my players uh, to expand uh, the Dark Duchess chapter when we get to there and you can do the same sort of thing with your players and their their backstories that they've invented um, and their secrets that they've used. Definitely use those to expand your world and make it more your own. Uh, and you're going to have a lot more fun, I think, and your players will as well. Um, so thank you to John for reaching out to me and having that conversation with me that, this week. Uh, looks like uh, John's a bit of a podcaster himself, so uh, just go ahead and follow uh, John at mwc underscore podcast on twitter john is watching cartoons uh entire uh screen name on there on twitter uh so what happened last week in my campaign not a whole lot <laughs> as i is tends to be the case when i uh do these episodes yeah we, we didn't get a, a whole lot of places the biggest reason being that one of my players uh returned They've now got um, a job that, that allows them to play on Sunday nights, so they're going to be returning with us and, and playing with us, so there was a lot of introduction of that character, and uh, he had a, a bit of a, a quest to wrap up out at Dugan's Hole. They did the Dugan's Hole quest on, the, on their own. Uh, is a solo thing, like I said last week, and they saved the children but did not explore uh, the rest of the Frost Giant Hold there. Um, so they, they, they told the party about that 
and they decided that everybody should go and uh, clear that out to make sure it's safe for the people of Dugan's Hole. Of course, it turns out the, the Frost Shrine is, is dead, it's perished. Uh, and they had a big fight with the, the awakened mammoth there. Kanan, is that his name? Kanan, the, the, the dire wolf that's awakened, uh, who uh, my player got in a fight with and reduced pretty low, but Kanan was able to run away. And of course, he comes, comes back when they're in the middle of a battle uh, to try and, and even the odds. Uh, but uh, very, very luckily, or very fortuitously, I guess, uh, for his character... Um, he received the killing blow on this wolf that betrayed him. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up pronouns here. My my pl- my player, the person, is a, a they them pronouns, and the uh, the character is a, a he him. So it's a little bit difficult. I'm, I'm mixing things up here in my brain. Bear, if you ever listen to this, I apologize if I've uh, messed anything up along the way. Yes, they 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 went out to Dugan's Hole, fought with the the mammoth and the wolf. Um, they saw the kobolds who are hiding and didn't want anything to do with them, uh, but they'll probably end up talking to them this next week. And they've received a, a ton of uh, rumors about what to do next. Uh, they've got the Dark Duchess. Um, they they spoke to Copper in uh, Bryn Shander, who directed them towards the Black Cabin. Angajuk's Bell. Uh, they've got that. Uh, and they've got It Ascendant. They're, they've got that in there. In their crosshairs, they've even got Jarlmu and Karkalak. Uh, and honestly, I really want to move them towards the Lost Spire of Netheril. So they've got a million different directions they're being pulled at this point. I'd like to not have to move the Lost Spire because it's easier if it just is where the map says it is, right? But on the other hand, I do want them to get there and I don't know if I'm going to be able to direct them there with uh, quests. I guess if they head out in that direction to the west, they could come across it no matter what they do. But it would be a lot easier if it was like north of Kelvin's Can or something. We'll figure it out. I, You know, it's my world. I can move I can move that spire wherever I want it to be. I, I need to give my player who, who slo- slayed, slew, what is the word there? Who killed the, the wolf... Uh, inspiration when we start the next session uh, for, you know, the, the wolf betrayed them and, uh, you know, they got the, the killing blow in, so they should have inspiration. I just forgot to do it at the end of the uh, session because we were running a little late, I think. Uh, so I just have to make note of that for myself. But that is pretty much everything that happened in the last session. Lots of RP, lots of, uh, you know, characters talking to each other and getting to know each other. You know, that's all incredibly good and fun and uh, a big part of why you play uh, Dungeons and Dragons. It's just uh, not a lot to report on in this podcast. But that's okay. Uh, I've heard from uh, several people that they enjoy the short run times of this podcast as well. So uh, I don't need to uh, keep talking to myself for 45 minutes, right? Uh, Moving on to next week, uh, tonight, I think... They're almost certainly going to end up in Id Ascendant. And I looked over this chapter, and it, it's very fun. I love the spaceship stuff in uh, Dungeons and & Dragons. And I have my own little <laughs> space uh, fort, no, space location that I've made for myself 
called Lazos Rock. It's a uh, like a asteroid uh, on which this this guy Pedro Lazos has built a little hub uh, with a bunch of different like uh, locations, you know, where uh, space travelers of the non-illithid sort can uh, check in and and replenish their stocks and uh, get a little entertainment and things like that. And it's got a, a great big uh, arena. With like uh, <laughs> Mario, you know Mario Kart's type power-ups for Dungeons and Dragons battles uh, that pop up when, when you're in the arena doing battle, and my players have ended up there uh, several times, usually by teleportation magic of some sort, where they they do battle in the arena and uh, win the big prize at the end, and uh, it, it's an incredibly fun place, and maybe I should write that up as a Maybe a DM's Guild supplement or something. You know, just a location for people to be able to use uh, if they're doing space-type stuff. So, of course, I want to get the rock into this campaign at some point. So I think I'm going to be making some changes to it, Ascendant. Uh, first of all, they want the Psy Crystal, right? Uh, to jumpstart the propulsion system? No, no, no. They need the Psy Crystal for their life support system. Their life support system is about to run out. And without a Psy Crystal, uh, the, the Ceramors are going to die, right? Because they're going to freeze to death. But if they can find a Psy Crystal, uh, then they can get it. They can get the life support back up and running uh, and keep it running for an indeterminate amount of time. Uh, long enough for them to find their navigation helm, a new navigation helm, because theirs was broken in the, the crash and they need to find a new one. Why did they crash? That's interesting, too. Well, it seems obvious to me. Okay, so they crashed, right? Why did they crash? They crashed because the boulette that they had locked up got free and uh, rampaged around, knocked the navigator over, uh, cracking the navigation helm. They crashed down onto uh, Icewind Dale, and the boulette escaped out into the snow rather than having been freed by the Ceramorphs to not have to feed it. It actually escaped, and it was the cause of the crash. Um, so the Ceramors can tell the players about that, that you know that this boulette um, happened to be the cause of their issue. Uh, I like that better. I don't know. I don't know why there's no mention of why the Nautiloid went down in the book. But anyway, so I'm also going to make the the Psy Crystal detector have a, a lower range, so it. You know, the Ceramorph isn't automatically, uh, you know, hip to the knowledge that Octos is nearby with a Psy Crystal before they get a chance to speak to them at all. Uh, so yes, the, the, the Nautiloid has crashed, the Boulette is lo loose in the uh, surrounding area. Uh, the Ceramorphs are going to be wanting to get a hold of that Psy Crystal to keep them safe and keep them alive. But they're also going to let the players know... You know, if you happen to find a navigation helm out in the world while you're out there, you could bring it back and we would be happy to uh, take you anywhere in the, the galaxy you would like to go. And of course, if they find a navigation helm, uh, they'll be able to run the ship themselves so they could take out the Ceramorphs and uh, just have a nautiloid of their own. And where do you find a, an illithid navigation helm? Well, they'll say, you know, uh, we were actually coming... To this world to uh, check out the Netherese city of Yithrin under the ice 
unfortunately, that boulette who we were going to use and harness to burrow into the ice for us, uh, it, it got free and caused us to crash. Um, so now we don't know how to get in there. And uh, But if you ever get a chance to go into the, the Netherese city and find a navigation helm and bring it back to us, of course, we'd be more than happy to, uh, you know, take you out into space and, and you know, they, they won't say so, but of course they plan to as soon as they can take them out to the Illithids and turn it into a ceramorph of them, their own out in out in space or maybe make them host to slads or something like that. So they, they do want to double cross the party in the end, but yeah, you know, it'll, it just gives the, the players a, a chance to maybe get out to space, which is something I think is fun. You know, by the time they get there, they'll be like level 12 and uh, hopefully maybe wizards will come out with a spell jammer book by then. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll have to adapt something. But, you know, that's easy enough to do. Or, I mean, you know, once we get to the end of this book, we could probably go back to the Morn campaign and they could just know that they're space travelers out there in the in the inky depths with these characters. Yeah, another issue I have with the book is uh, the... I guess not really an issue necessarily, but I would like for my players to be able to use the laser pistol and maybe laser rifles. Um, but I mean, the book, it, it, the rules, it has a good, it has decent rules about how that would work. So they could use, I mean, they won't have proficiency to begin with. So I think the laser pistols and rifles do a lot of damage, but they are, you know, they're kind of like, they have the reload thing. And the players aren't going to be, the characters aren't going to be proficient with them. I would say they, they can, you, you know, they can fire it without their proficiency bonus if they'd like. They can use uh, the alien technology thing uh, to figure out how to fire them. And will I let them use a day of downtime uh, studying with them to learn how to fire them if, if they would like to hash that out at some point. Uh, because it still does require the, the reload. So I think, uh, I mean, it, it's balanced enough for me that I would let them use them if they would like to. I mean, they, they, the other thing is they just may not want to as well. So we'll figure that out when we come to it. Otherwise, It Ascendant, I think, is going to be very fun. Next time, I, I need to look over Black Cabin more thoroughly because that looks pretty complicated. It's in the wrong direction for the players to go to it next. They may end up at It Ascendant. And then head out to Yarlmoot, maybe? Since that seems to be more of the correct way to go. But we'll see. That You know, players are players. They'll they'll, they'll trick me in and come up with uh, strange uh, ways to do whatever they do. Another thing I want to do is I want to hash out... So last week I said, you know, <laughs> sometime soon I need to come up with a, my own extra chapter to put into the book. And I think I've decided what that's going to end up being, uh, but I, I, I'm not ready yet to actually um, hash it out all the way on a, an episode. But what I want to do is my one player is playing an Aarakocra, but uh, they're, they're doing kind of a, a semi-homebrewed breed of Aarakocra that is uh, based on king penguins. And so instead of a flight speed, uh, they get uh, fast swimming and the ability to hold their breath underwater. And they also gain like cold weather resistance. They don't have frost resistance, but they do have the ability to be out in the cold uh, without, uh, you know, that hurting them or whatever. Um, and so the, 
the his flock of Aarakocra is called the Crested Flock. They have a a thing that they do where in a batch of eggs, the first one is always uh, much smaller than the rest of them, and uh, so what they end up doing most of the time is not hatching that first egg uh, in almost all cases, but on occasion, uh, a first egg is hatched, and they are uh, pledged to, to give their life to Lathander uh, as clerics or as helpers, often considered to be like the runt of the litter, of course. Uh, it's mostly like just a biological thing like it's not a he like he said he doesn't want to get into a bunch of like abortion stuff or whatever or like eugenics or whatever it's it's because that they are kind of bird people and it's a behavior that the more animal side of their uh, lineage those animal instincts are, are what is causing that rather than any anything else but his drive is maybe because he is a he's a cleric of Lathander and was a first egg. His idea is, well, I, you know, I'm out here. I'm doing good for the world. Why don't we give more of these first eggs a try at it? Especially if we're able to stop this winter and, and get oral out of here. We could have an easier life. These first eggs could have their chance in the sun, their moment. Um, so he, he's trying to get them to hatch more of them and maybe um, let them be adopted out to uh, different people out in the, in the ten towns and, and the greater world. You know just let them let them live you know uh so he, he that's kind of his mission and i was thinking my chapter would be i would i would have a chapter among the crested flock where mosley which is my my character's name or my player's character's name <laughs> where mosley is trying to talk the elders of the the flock into uh listening to him and, and giving him one of the extra first eggs to take to Carlos and Olivetta back in Goodmead to be adopted out. So I figure what I could do is I could have a test, a, a test of Lathander. Well, just looking at the map of what is nearby the Sea of Moving Ice, um, of course, Dark Duchess and Engajet's Bell they already know about. The only other one I'm seeing is Revel's End. So what, what I'm thinking is, what if one of the great crested flock is being held captive in uh, Rebel's End? They're told if they can go and, and break this character out of out of prison, which is something that many of uh, the, the flock have, have tried before, but they're, they're being held too tightly, uh, that they could break into Rebel's End and, and break this person out. Uh, it would be surely be a sign of Lathander that that is what Lathander wants them to do with the first eggs and uh, perhaps they could see about uh, negotiating that. So uh, I mean it's a bit of a cheat because I'm actually using part of the book to make my chapter but uh, I will also uh, come up with uh, more information like maybe a map of their village and some different NPCs that they can speak to and different shops and things like that that they could purchase uh Aarakocra, penguin Aarakocra items from. <laughs> so we'll, we'll work on that more next time or the time after whenever I, we get to it. Uh, the Crested Flock chapter that we'll be adding to uh, the book. But uh, if you have any suggestions for it, if you have any ideas, if you have an NPC idea for me to put into it, just feel free to uh, send me a, a DM on Twitter at the Greggiest or a uh, you could just tweet at me if you want or uh, you could send me an email to 
thegregiest at protonmail.com uh, with your suggestion. If you want to share your addition uh, to the book, uh, feel free to send that out to me and we can talk about it on the show. Uh, anything like that, just reach out to me if you'd like to and we'll, we'll have a little chat. That's fine. I guess as far as homework goes for this week, you know, I'm starting to run out of it because I've given you good suggestions to do every week and you don't necessarily have to do so much stuff once you have everything kind of filled out. But uh, I would say look at where your players are going to be going next, where their likely next location is. Uh, look it over and, and think about is that as fun as it could be? And uh, if not, is there anything I could change to make it more fun or to tie the the story together more tightly or to uh, make it apply to one of my characters and their secrets in a, in a new way. Think if, if there's anything in there that you can uh, tweak, just uh, subtly tweak uh, to make it more fun for your players. And uh, if, if not, I mean, if it looks like it's good to go as is, you've read over the chapter and you're prepped and ready to go. So um, you're getting that done anyway. Uh, but if there is something that you can tweak, make note of that and be ready for it when it comes up in your game. And if you want, you can uh, send it in to me and we share it with me and we can uh, talk about it. Your stories about how you're making Icewind Dale uh, your own. Uh, like I say every week, and like I just said moments ago, <laughs> you can tweet at me on Twitter at the Greggiest. Uh, you can send me an email to thegregiest at protonmail.com. And you can watch my D&D stream every Sunday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash powerwarriors all one word with a z at the end and i've changed my streaming situation around a little bit so i can stream more often i would like to do maybe like a wednesday night stream where we watch a movie or something or um like yesterday i, I did some uh world of warcraft on a weird private server called ascension where you can have every every class's abilities and talents and things and it's a uh, really kooky and in fun um, but I'm, I'm trying to do a little more streaming since, you know, you don't have to edit a stream, <laughs> unlike podcasting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if you want to follow Power Warriors, uh, you'll be able to see when we go live. I actually, if you want to follow Power Warriors at Power Warriors, all one word with a Z at the end on Twitter, uh, you'll get notifications of when we go live and stuff as well. Uh, so that could be good for you. Also, I was on the Love and Learning About Bugs podcast. Uh, this past week where during the time that i had covid <laughs> we recorded this episode and i was uh coughing constantly and and i don't know how my voice sounds it's hard to re-listen to yourself on podcasts i think i was maybe a little a little out there a little loopy uh so if, if I, I say anything offensive please forgive me but uh, i think you should definitely listen to it so you can learn uh quite a lot about bugs because mark is an expert and uh bear is a not an expert on bugs but an expert on being nice and being friendly and uh, being a great host. So check out Love and Learn About Bugs. I hope your next session goes well. You have a lot of fun and your players have a lot of fun. And I hope you listen next week to A DM's Guide to Rhyme of the Frostman. Bye-bye.